Hey, everybody. This is Heidi St. John. Thanks for tuning in today to Off the Bench. You have found me at my little corner of the internet, the intersection of faith and culture. Today is Friday, March 5th. And today I'm going to air my part two of my interview with my friend, Mark Melosha. Stick around. I think you're going to be encouraged. So thanks for tuning in today. A couple things before I get started. Please remember that tomorrow I will be speaking for the Republican Women's Dinner here in Vancouver, Washington. I will link back to that in the show notes today. Lots of things going on. Uh, this is the first week of our study in uh, my book, Becoming Mom Strong: How to Fight with All That's in You for Your Family and Your Faith. And you can find that at momstronginternational.com. Without further ado, I'm going to air part two of my interview with Mark Melosha in progress. How important is it that Christians begin to engage in civic, uh, in areas of civic responsibility in their communities? How important is it that Christians run for school board? How important is it that we are on library boards and that we're running for city council and that we're getting on the PUD and and uh, checking out what's happening in the parks and rec in our uh, in our towns and our communities? Well, I tell you, when I had my, my experience, I turned myself to God. I became the pro life minister at my church, and so I led the March for Life to Olympia. And for eight years, I was the one who organized the bus trip down there, made the signs, you know, brought the kids out there. I loved it. But I was always, you know, in on the steps. I said, I wanted to be there. I want to be the other side of the legislators, you know, bring my faith out there. Yes. And so it took, like I said, it took three elections for me to win, but I was persistent. And I believe if Christians are persistent and bold with their faith, you will win. Yeah. And like I said, if I could win in King County, yeah, no you kidding. can win anywhere in Washington <laughs> State. And it's true. And when we've got parents are sitting there, I think part of it, there's a lot of fear, right? I mean, certainly, you know that I just announced a run for Congress. You and I have been talking about this on the phone, and I've appreciated your counsel and your encouragement. But it's a terrifying thing to step out into the public eye and risk the criticism and the lies and the slander and the outright abuse that's thrown at you by the left. It's vicious right now. I mean, politics is a vicious is a vicious thing to get into. It doesn't matter what it is. And I think people are scared of it. I got a call from a friend who um, lives and ministers in Washington, D.C. He called me and said, congratulations, you've just stepped into the realm of the demonic. And there's a reason why the demons are so at work, right, in uh, in the political sphere, right, especially when it comes to education, because they know what we've been told for years and years, which is the hand that rocks the cradle rules the world. So if we can get to the youth, that's what Hitler said, right? He who controls the youth controls the future. And it is a terrifying thing. But yet we know from Scripture that greater is he who is in us than he who is in the world. So talk to the mom and the dad who are listening to this right now and their hearts racing because they know they've been talking about this at the dinner table. Maybe the husband or the wife is saying, I'm going to run for city council. I, there's an, there's an opening here, um, but they're afraid to do it. What do you say to the, to the people that are listening to you right now? And you have an incredible story really of stepping out in faith and saying, I'm going to be a leader. I'm not just going to be a, a, a watcher. I'm going to get out there and actually engage in the process. Uh, how did you overcome? It doesn't seem like you're much of a fearful person, uh, but how do you how do you in, uh, encourage the men and women? There are a lot of teens listening to this right now, too. How do you encourage them to push past that fear and engage? Uh, uh, Jesus told a parable to sow the seeds. Talk about how you need deep roots, you know, in the soil to be able to prosper in and 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 serve God. Um, for me, it came down to reading scripture prayer and being part of faith community. I didn't know what to say when I first ran, uh, but all I know is I, 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 I was not to deny Jesus Christ and speak the truth as he preached. 
Now, when I did it, frankly, people did mock me, try to make fun of me, you know, serving God. But I found out for every person that mocked me, I awakened something in 10 times other people, 10 more other people. There's many people that need that, to hear those words from scripture. And when you speak up and lead, be surprised how many people perk up and saying, maybe Mark's right. Mm. And they followed. And it took a little bit of time. Like I said, I won on that three, third election, but at the end of the day, speaking up for Christ wins. Mm. Speaking up for Christ wins at the end of the day. And you can't be wrong telling the truth. Yeah, it's it's true. And one of the things I've noticed, and I thought this, I'm going to shift gears a little bit because I think you, you're, uh, you're a great person to uh, tackle this topic. Well, I've been talking to a group of uh, voters the other day, and we were talking about the tactics that the left uses and how they've been successful. And they really have been. I mean, you, you can say a lot of things about the left, but they've been very successful in pushing forward an agenda. And part of the way that they have hijacked the narrative is they've hijacked the language. And so the language, you know, uh, the words that we would normally use that we're not allowed to use anymore because you can you're going to get canceled or you're going to be labeled as a hater or some sort of a homophobe. I love that they they attach the word phobia. Right. So if you're a person that, for instance, uh, says, I believe in in the biblical definition of marriage or I believe that, that men are men and women are women. Well, now you're a transphobe. Right. So in other words, you must be afraid of something, but it, fear has nothing to do with it. And yet we've allowed this language to push us to the corners of the culture. How do you fight back against uh, against this hijacking of the language and learn to uh get out onto the battlefield in a similar way using words, because it really is a war of words, right? It's the language that's been hijacked. And so we feel ill-equipped to even engage in the battlefield right now uh, because we don't know the language. You're right. I read an article yesterday that says Wikipedia is now gone woke. It's oh, dear. Been taken over and... <laughs> Couldn't all, see that coming. Yeah. Just kidding. <laughs> all the articles you're reading about this and that, it's now all done from that kind of far radical left type agenda. So it's not really true anymore. And, if, and you used to trust Wikipedia for telling you somewhat the truth. Right. Like the mainstream media, you know, 30 years ago. Yes. But nowadays, um, uh, it's all propaganda designed to teach you a certain ideology. So you're right. We're, we face tough times right now. They've learned to manipulate rhetoric and words. Yes. We have to be able to speak up with clarity. It's pretty simple. As long as we're not silent, we're fine. We say, this is what God wants us to do. He wants us to support life from conception to natural death. Marriage, between, uh, the biological union between a male and female um, is the way to raise children. Is it most scientific? The data supports it. And that's the love and how you raise a child to uh, a moral existence and to leave a prosperous life. So we just have to articulate those statements that biology is right. Yeah. We are born male and female and you can't ch change it because of your feelings. Mm -hmm. That is irrational. In fact, it was a mental illness until the woke crowd redefined mm -hmm. what is a mental illness right mm -hmm. now. Mm -hmm. and now they're redefining that what racism is, mm -hmm. systematic racism. They just made up words. So, well, automatically, if you're white, you're automatically, you know, unconscious racist. Right. right. Um, so, so you don't have to feel like you're racist. Yes. You just are one. You just are one. Yeah. So the answer to that is to speak up and tell the truth. But that's the problem. We have very few folks willing to stand up and speak the truth for, for fear of being canceled. Now, some people are in a vulnerable spot. I get that. But there's many of us who could speak up to their neighbors, to letters to the editors, uh, and support other folks who are speaking up. And if, But if we remain silent, 
then we're lost. Mm-hmm. We will not succeed. So mm-hmm. that's why Jesus Christ called us to be the salt and the light. Yeah. That means we have to speak up and not put our light under the basket. Yeah, that's right. And uh, I was listening to Eric Metaxas a couple of weeks ago at Jack Hibbs Church. Did you hear that message? Fantastic. It was wonderful. He says this is a Bonhoeffer moment for the church. He says we really are, and I, I agree with him, we are at the jumping off place in this culture. We're at the tipping point for socialism and Marxism, which is really just uh Uh, a a dangerous form of socialism, right? If you study what Marxism is and we are at the tipping off place. And he said, Bonhoeffer went out there and said, listen, if I don't speak, who's going to speak? And we're in an Esther moment, right? And I remember uh, reading the story to my children over and over again. uh, And amazing, we're in Purim right now, right? So what an amazing time to be having this conversation. But that Esther when she saw that God had put her right there, right now, I think everyone listening to this needs to know that God, the Lord is not surprised that we're living here in 2021. He's not up there shaking his head and scratching his head going, man, I, I'm just so surprised that this is happening right now. No, he knew that this was going to happen. And every Christian that's listening to this, God has you right here, right now, right place, right time. We are the generation that has been tasked with uh, with speaking the truth in a culture that hates truth right now, right? And I remember when, when uh, the Bible teaches that Esther, when faced with death, really, right? Because if she didn't get the invitation to come and speak before the king, I mean, you want to talk about misogyny and uh, life being hard for women, read back to the time of Esther. And those women actually had it hard. Women today don't understand what hard, especially here in the United States, we don't actually get it. So here's Esther and her cousin Mordecai, who I know loved her. The Bible says that he loved her and raised her from child after she lost her own parents, didn't cut her any slack. Here she's faced with this terrible decision, right? Am I going to speak up for my people? Am I going to speak the truth? Am I going to risk my life? Because that's what it took. And when she went to Esther, or when Esther went to Mordecai, Mordecai said, listen, you can do this or not do it, but relief and deliverance for the Jews will arise from another place. But as for you and your father's family, you'll perish. Uh, we're at a moment like that right now. And it does require courage and it does require strength. And I love that you said we need to be uh, rooted. Those roots need to go down deep, right? These are the these are the roots that hold up when the wind comes and the floods come and the attacks, the inevitable attacks come. But this really is a time. Uh, we are in an Esther moment in the church. We're in a Bonhoeffer moment right now. And it requires God's people to get into the battle. Absolutely. Um, there's that famous statement, all it takes for evil to triumph is for good men and women to remain silent. That all it takes, if we're silent, they win. But if we speak up with the truth of the gospel, we win. Uh, and also we have to do it with passion, as you said, courage. It's pretty simple. We still, in, in my mind, we still outnumber them in Washington State, but, we're, but our salt has gone flat. Mm. We have to be passionate and you're right they will they will try to cancel us they will fight back but in throughout all of history when we've had this type of fight christianity is always won mm-hmm. when it's awoken to uh had a, an awakening our country has been through already three great awakenings we need another one we right now if we have one right now we'll win it within two years yeah it'll happen that fast that suddenly just like with uh, Martin Luther King, who would have thought he would have won against the racial South back in the 50s and 60s? He was appointed in the late 50s, and, and everybody said he was going to lose. You know, they're going to, He's never going to change the South. But within eight years, he changed the nation because he spoke truth of the gospel. They went after him. He stood firm, and people joined him. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Back then, it was bipartisan. They joined him, but preachers and Christians 
Jews, everybody knew the truth of Jesus Christ from Martin Luther King's message, yeah. and he changed the nation. So we're not at that point yet, but yeah. we can win if we speak up and unite as followers of Jesus Christ. Yeah, it's so important. And I think often, you know, it was Martin Luther King that said he he had a dream that we would be judged not by the color of our skin, but by the content of our character. And we're moving away from that. We're, we're going back to judging people again by the color of their skin. And it's wrong and it's anti-biblical. And Christians have a voice. We need to use that voice in the culture. I'm thinking, uh, I want to talk about your work with the Family Policy Institute of Washington and what you guys are doing to advance the gospel and to really support families here in Washington state. Uh, but before I do that, I was thinking, you know, about the the parents who are going, or maybe people who are listening, they say, you know, this isn't the season for me. I can't run for office. I can't do anything. But there are things that they can do. They can do it from their homes. They can certainly support candidates that are running, that they know that are godly, that are running for office. Get out there on your social media platforms and start defending the policies that these brave men and women are putting forward. And you're right. It's that banding together and supporting of one another. What are some ways that uh, citizens can get involved right now? And then tell us what you guys are doing from the front lines at the Family Policy Institute of Washington. Absolutely. First up, like everybody, go to FPIW.org. That's our website and sign up for our news and alerts. And um, then you'll start getting our my blog um, every week. It's kind week. of depressing right now. I always want warn people when you sign up for it, because there's a lot of bad news coming out of Olympia. You know, there's so many bad bills right now. So much that is discouraging. The temptation is just to tune it out and say, there's nothing I can do. But we need to not tune out. We need to tune in. We need to tune in and understand what the war or words is going on. You're right. If you listen to the mainstream media, you're going to hear, uh, you're going to hear lies, frankly, falsehoods, distortions of Every single issue, just like you saw the last political campaign and how they're treating Christians nationally, complete and utter distortion. So from our site, you'll get a little bit of truth and you'll get into depth about the different issues, what's going on in the state capitol in Olympia and the truth about critical race theory, about the Equality Act or what's the Christian social justice response to homelessness. And it's not legalizing heroin. What, right, what right. They're Can we just agree on. that the answer is not to legalize heroin? I know. It yeah. is amazing. and But that shows the insanity of the other side. The mainstream media is putting out, it's okay to legalize this. And that, I don't know if your viewers know that last year they, uh, they, they legalized child prostitution. Right now, if your 15-year-old daughter or son is turning tricks on, on the street, you can't have the police arrest them, get them into treatment anymore because it's now not against law for them to do wow. that. So that's where the culture is moving. But if you join us, you'll start understanding the issues, be able to talk back sensibly. Then you'll have opportunities to serve and make a difference in your community. Uh, we were very much involved, remember, when the, the drag queen story hours a couple of years back, and then the protests at different Planned Parenthoods. We let people know opportunities to serve, to come down to Olympia to testify. But more importantly, we're giving you the tools and the confidence of how to make a difference at your local school board or at your local city hall. And with these are the issues happening. But more importantly, what we've realized for our organization it comes back to awakening our culture to Jesus Christ. We're not evangelizing, teaching folks what it means to be saved, mm -hmm. to serve Jesus Christ. And we're not doing all, all Christians are not properly serving our Lord. So we're now consider ourselves evangelist type organization. We have to spread the good because Jesus Christ is the solution to all our political problems, all our policy problems. Mm -hmm. And you read scripture, there's the answers right there yeah. about how to live, how to raise children, how to deal with your neighbors, 
you know, how are you supposed to deal with each other when we have conflict? Mm. And so our organization has helped put those policies into into a, a way which could be implemented in public law mm-hmm. in our school districts. Mm-hmm. Uh, we were, uh, along with other groups, helped lead the charge against uh, the radical sex edu- education yeah, bill last year. Yeah, comprehensive sex ed, yep. And this year we have five bills teaching the radical uh, critical race theory. Everybody's going to be learning that, and they're going after, as I mentioned, churches and businesses now with all these ideologies. The other side is making government work for them. Yes. So your tax dollars now being spent by these radicals to corrupt folks, to turn people away from their faith and their family. So we're about making a difference, letting people know they're not alone, and uniting Christians so we can become a force again like it was through our 200 years of our, our nation's history. Mm. We can't let what we call the neo-pagans dominate like they've dominated the last five or 10 years. We all know what happens when, when this radical ideology takes over. Just look up what happened with uh, the Russian Revolution with the guillotine yes. or, or Weimar Germany who brought back that pagan uh, Hitler or Russia, uh, the Soviet Union, or even communist China today. Mm-hmm. That's a pagan culture. Mm-hmm. That's the future of America in 50 years if we keep going down yeah. this path. So that's why we have to preach the gospel and know what laws to pass so we are living a virtuous life and have a government that's promoting the right values versus those who are promoting unscientific um, uh, values, anti-reality-based values based on on this radical ideology. Yeah, which are devastating. On It's devastating on its face. And I think most people are looking at that gone. this isn't right. You know, we watched uh, this Dr. Levine, this guy who goes by the name of Rachel, you know, testifying at the Senate the other day, talking about uh, what, what that he basically would not say that it wasn't that it was wrong to give young children cross hormones and uh, and mutilating surgeries without parental consent. He literally said that he would have to talk in private with Senator Paul about that. And there, I noticed all the people watching as if this was perfectly normal. We're talking to a person who obviously has mental issues and he wants to be in charge of what happens to the nation's uh, vulnerable children. That is a uh, dangerous on its face. And we need to start speaking up. I was thinking about uh, one of my favorite stories in the Bible, the stories of Jehoshaphat in uh, in Chronicles, where he's surrounded on every side, right? You know the story. He's surrounded by on every side by armies that intend to kill him. And he lifts his eyes to the heaven and he lifts his hands and he says, Lord, I don't know what to do, but my eyes are on you. And if that that should be the the rallying cry for all of us right now, Lord, this seems overwhelming. It does seem overwhelming. Even when I get your emails, I just like, oh, here comes a mark again. Oh, no, look what's happening. But we don't need to know what to do. We just have we need to know that we have access to the one who does. And that's part of those deep roots that go down and say, Lord, we don't know what to do, but our eyes are on you. Show us what to do. Greater is he who is in us than he who is in the world. And uh, that's the reason we can get out onto the battlefield with strength and courage. My um. My parents' generation, there were 1% identified as LGBTQ. Um, for the, the newest generation, the uh, 15 to 23-year-olds, right now they're up to 15%. Um, so an entire gen- – we're losing an, uh, all our children. Do you, where, what, I, I think I know your answer. I know my answer. But what do you attribute this massive shift to? Uh, it's two points. Is, uh, is a deliberate attempt by the other side, deliberate attempt – to uh, turn them away from Jesus Christ. Mm-hmm. That's mm-hmm. pure evil. Mm-hmm. The second thing is we let them. Unfortunately, we have to look in the mirror why we allowed evil to triumph, why we allowed to take over our institutions, our government agencies, our culture one by one. Mm-hmm. So that's our failing. Mm-hmm. So again, if we speak up, 
we change, we win. So we just got to follow the words that Jesus Christ said, go out two by two and just speak up, say, I'm a follower of Jesus Christ. And this is what I believe. Mm. And we will win. I love that. Mark Malosha, it's been a joy to have you in the studio with me today. Hope you come back. Keep us informed, all the things that are happening. Again, if people want to find you, they can find you at? FPIW.org. FPIW.org. Hey, everybody, thanks for listening today. I hope you've been encouraged by my visit with Mark Malosha, who is the executive director for the Family Policy Institute of Washington. I don't know about you, but I am always encouraged when I'm able to talk to men and women who have engaged in the culture and have not lost their footing and have not lost their faith, but are using their faith to change the culture. And Mark is a tremendous example for that. If you want more information, I will link back to Mark Malosha and the Family Policy Institute of Washington at the show notes today. Thanks for listening and everybody. I'll see you back here at the intersection of faith and culture on Monday. For more encouragement, visit me online at thebusymom.com.